100%. And I think the sort of domino effect reinforces the importance of this becoming mandatory because we don't want, um, you know, a lack of knowledge and a lack of education to continue into generations that, you know, follow us. We don't want parents to not only be embarrassed, but parents to just not have the education they can then pass on. So by making it mandatory in schools, we can sort of rely, not rely on schools, but we can, you know, kind of it can sigh a bit of relief because we know that kids will definitely be getting the education, they'll all be getting it equally. And I thank you for mentioning about um, you know, people with from lower socioeconomic groups who may not have the resources to um, educate their children and the people around them. Um, obviously that is a thing that you guys I'm sure are working on um, trying to get this um, get these families the resources that they need but I think a good place that you're starting at is getting this into schools because you know it is bringing it into the homes as well I mean if kids are learning they can bring this information into their lives and to their parents you know and I'm excited to see the chain of you know the domino effect stop because generations are going to finally have this knowledge so it's really it's really brilliant um and as we sort of go on from that is this just an issue in poorer countries or is it a worldwide issue um and if it you know is a worldwide issue and if it's actually a big issue here could you give some examples of um it in northern ireland yeah of course so I would say that it is definitely a worldwide issue that has many complex barriers to progress and wealth and resources would definitely be one of them. However, it's not the only one. Each country has their own kind of unique cultural, political and societal advantages and disadvantages to creating a consent culture. But when we look at the kind of like two ends of the scale, one country that has incredibly um, comprehensive and liberal outlook on consent education is the Netherlands. So it's compulsory for all their children four years and older to receive age appropriate sex education with a focus on respect for others' bodies and their own consent, STIs, contraception and pleasure. So their con that country's teenage pregnancy rate is very low. So they're seeing the positive impacts of this. And then kind of the other end of the spectrum, we can look at India, which um, sex education is not compulsory. And there, 53% of children between the ages of five and 12 have been subject to sexual abuse. Um, according to the Times of India, more than 50% of girls in rural areas in India are unaware of what menstruation is or what it even means. So that really does show the gap in basic, basic um, education. But this is definitely not something to do with poorer countries, as one very well-known wealthy country, the US, um, does not have consistent mandatory sex education across all schools or all states. Um, and Planned Parenthood has reported that between 2011 and 2013, 43% of adolescent females and 57% of adolescent males did not receive information about contraception before they had sex for the first time. And they have a huge teenage pregnancy rate. So that really does show every country is definitely doing it differently. Some better than others, but there's a whole range of barriers there. When we look 
at like the UK and Northern Ireland specifically. So the UK does have mandatory consistent sex education and so does Northern Ireland in fairness. So Northern Ireland has mandatory sex education in all schools, but the big difference is in the rest of the UK, so England, Wales and Scotland, it's they all have the same curriculum. So every teacher is um, teaching the same thing and it includes consent. Um, so it's not as liberal as the Netherlands approach. However, it is miles ahead of Northern Ireland because for us, we do have to do sex education, but it is completely down to the school's discretion what they include. So that is where you end up with a biology teacher doing one class in GCSE about the anatomy of your body and calling that your sex education, which it absolutely isn't. And there are so many biases within that. Like you can look at, you know, like religious biases, schools own funding, like some schools can afford to pay outside facilitators to come in and teach yearly refreshers on things like consent. And other schools, you know, they're just using their own biology teachers or their own heads of years that maybe aren't trained, have their own personal biases. So you can even have a friend of mine works in a school as a biology teacher and she would say the content of her sex education is completely different to another teacher who has much more conservative views within the same school. So you could send your child to a school and one brother could end up in that person's class and have brilliant comprehensive education around consent and sex and all the nuances. And another person could be put in the other person's class and receive none of that. So it's not okay that this is left down to own teachers and own schools discretion. Um, and it is really shown in our statistics. So PSNI statistics show us that between 2002 and 2020, sexual assault offences have increased from 1.4 to 3.56 thousand. So that's an increase of 254% over 10 years. It is horrendous. Whereas data from England and Wales, where the sex education is mandatory and consistent in content and is inclusive of consent education, shows a decrease from 3% to 2.2% in the same period. So this is showing us the massive gap we have once again in Northern Ireland that is not okay for our young people. They deserve so much better than that. Oh my word, that like, I have no idea and I'm I'm guessing that people listening are going to have no idea that there's even sort of um, inequality within our own education system. Like it's not just, you know, countries um, like Finland that you were talking about have these amazing systems and then, you know, poor countries like India don't. It's, I mean, even the US has this system that is entirely flawed and then here, you know, we are a region of the United Kingdom, yet we're getting entirely different um, education systems than them. And then within our own education system, there are many more injustices. That is just mind blowing to me that, you know, my brother could get different um, lessons than I could just because I'm in a different class. And that is something that just it needs to change. There needs to be something mandatory set in with a spec um, or a curriculum that contains the information they have to teach. And I'm sure this is something that you are lobbying for, but just 
to anyone who is listening um, who maybe wants to speak up about this, is that a thing that people could do within their own school? Could they go to their head of year or someone who would be in charge and, you know, speak to them about how the education could be changed and it could be improved? And it sort of goes on to my next question a bit as well about how this can be improved, the education um, in our schools. Yeah, absolutely. Just to say quickly on kind of like lobbying and advocating for anyone who's listening that really wants to kind of do something about it. There's an organization called Raise Your Voice on Instagram and through the link in their bio, you can click it and sign. It's like they have a pre-made um, like letter to your MP. So it will find the nearest one in your area. And it's just calling for comprehensive evidence-based sex education across Northern Ireland. So you can sign up and put in and it will automatically send it on. So it's just raise your voice. It's completely free. And it's something that everybody can get behind and do to just continue that lobbying. But yeah, definitely education-wise. Yeah, so I think there's quite a few things um, that could be improved. Um, so I suppose the first one is definitely looking at consent in the bigger picture. So sexual consent, yes, but looking at what consent actually means and what does that mean for you in making a decision and, you know, how to understand that in yourself. And like a quote we like is um, consent is a, is a life skill, not a sex skill. Um, and I think that's so important um, because like we mentioned before, it covers so many different areas. Um, and then another thing that could definitely be improved is quite often we find it's too little too late Catherine mentioned a quote about um, how in the US you know so many people had had sex and never had sex education and I think this is so important here you know we need to be given consent and sex education at at an appropriate time for children and for young people um, so I think it needs to be starting with kids in primary school teaching them the basics of consent and do you want to say that little example you like to share yeah so I love this one because it's just when it was explained to me it really clicked in my head so it's basically using maths so someone said imagine you had a 40-minute workshop at GCSE on math skills and then you maybe had another 40 minute workshop at A level. And then you set off to uni and you're expected to do algebra. There is no way you could start at that level. So because we know that's a complex, difficult task for people to do, we start at nursery school. We start with blocks. We start with counting. Then we go into primary school. We add adding and subtracting and slowly build on those skills to add division and multiplication until you're competent and confident to try the algebra. And by the time you get to uni, you'll be absolutely flying at it. And I think that's the same with consent. If you do it in a 40 minute workshop one time during GCSE and then no matter what path you take, regardless of university, as a young adult figuring out the world, you're expected to have all of this knowledge and understanding, which takes a lifetime to create. It takes learning these basic skills by consent right from nursery age to build upon so that when you're in that difficult situation, when you're older, you have the skills and resources to know what to do. Yeah, so that's a wee example we love to give. So it just sort of gives people an understanding of how it's not something you sit down, you learn about it in 20 minutes and you go on. You know, it's definitely so much more than that. And another thing that could definitely be improved um, is that 
as much as it is about learning what consent is for you it's also about learning what consent is for other people because it's all well and good if you know what you consent to but it's really important that young people understand how to interpret what other people are consenting to so for example you know it's not something that this works for me it's not a one size fits all every person is different and the way that you know with anything sometimes people are excited but don't even smile and other people people are excited and are jumping up and down it's always so different so learning that and then also learning what it's not so if people are agreeing to things but it's in fear it's in response to blackmail they're intoxicated um, you know, people need to have the freedom and capacity to properly consent. And when things like fear and blackmail are involved, even if people are saying yes, that is not proper consent. So teaching young people that as well, because that is a really vital part. And arguably, it's more important to understand, you know, if other people are consenting, you know, rather than yourself. So as well as that, we want to teach young people how to listen to your body. So a lot of time people think, you know, do you consent to that? But not everything's black and white. You have to think to yourself, you know, how, how do I know if I consent to it? So teaching young people how to check into their body and take a minute and just think, is this something that I really want to do? And then following on from that is practicing consent. So making sure that it's not something that you do as a one-off. And in schools, one of the things that we're really passionate about is schools not only do they need to be teaching it but they need to be practicing it so if kids are there and they have needs like they need to go to the bathroom and they're not allowed you know they need to be allowed to be do to do this um so in terms of practicing it you know how do we practice it so we have another way example Catherine loves the examples yeah, <laughs> I do I need to like learn in this way I just love examples but the one we use for this is like swimming um, so it's, you know, if you were taught swimming in the classroom, you could learn all the definitions, you could learn the diagrams of how to do the breaststroke, how to like put your head underwater, all of that, you could spend a whole year doing it. And then if you went to the swimming pool and jumped in the deep end, I don't think you'd be able to swim because there is nothing prepares you for the way the water will feel like, what that will be like on your body, how to navigate it. Diagrams and definitions are great, but when you're learning practical life skills, they only go a certain way. So again, we teach kids in the small land, we teach them with like floats and armbands, we give them aids, we get them to practice until they're strong enough and they have the muscles to keep themselves up. And it's the exact same thing with consent. We need to be practicing consent, being able to say our nose, listening to our body continually from a young age so that when you get older and you're in that sexual circumstance which feels completely new and different just the way it would that you jumped in the ocean you could have endorphins rushing through your body feeling a way you haven't before you need to have practiced these feelings and your ability to consent and know your own body for a long period of time to be able to do that yeah so that's Great example. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, following on from practicing. And then I think the final thing, which is a huge topic here in Northern Ireland that schools just don't want to teach. And if they are teaching sex education, it's all heteronormative. It's not inclusive. And I think in this day and age, you know, it's almost embarrassing. This type of education needs to be for people from all genders, all sexualities, and people from all backgrounds. And it's so important, like when you're not including those people in the conversation, they are not learning because it doesn't apply to them. And it's a horrible feeling for so many kids that, that are left out in school because of other issues to then be left out in the education that they're getting is 
ridiculous and it needs to change so that's the final thing <laughs> a few points we have for skills <laughs> <laughs> no those are absolutely brilliant I love the examples I'm an example learner as well I think <laughs> having it put into like simple terms makes it you know it just it helps you understand it so much more um I just want to pick up on like practicing consent it's practicing it in all aspects of your life as well you know like especially with the toilet thing I mean even in my school like there are some lessons where teachers just don't let you go to the toilet and that is confusing to me yet they can't they can't preach one thing and yet practice another and it's um sort of just bringing it to like whatever group that you have and I love that you're um, making this an inclusive thing for everyone and also um if you're like going into schools and bringing this um sort of curriculum there it's basing it on whatever group that you have you know and that like helping that group to learn um so then when you're practicing consent it's like I mean here's, here's my own example I've sort of came from what you've got it's like with maths you can't just sort of know oh this is how you do this equation and this is how you do this sum you have to practice you have to go through your textbook and do loads and loads and loads of different sums so then you get it into your head and that, that's the same thing that's what you guys are saying it's you actually have to it's not just that you have to put in the effort but you have to be given the opportunity to practice consent and I just I love that so much and all of those points are amazing so if you missed any of that just go back and have another listen because that is important everything you just said um earlier in the episode you mentioned um light work and I and I would love if you could just, um, before we close, sort of touch on your work um, with that organisation. Yeah, of course. So Lightwork NI is a charity social enterprise based in Antrim in Northern Ireland. So they have a premises in the Junction Retail Park. And we were both founding board members that basically helped to set the charity up um, back in 2017. But we kind of registered and actually started delivering in 2018 and it's just a really really incredible organization like we sit on we're voluntary board members so we don't do the actual like practical work that the facilitators do but they are a really really amazing group that it was set up in response to the mental health crisis and it was set up absolutely with young people's voices at the heart of it and this is why Candles for Consent is now a part of it, because it is continuing to listen. It is delivering the most incredible mental health workshops. It's making a massive impact in a lot of young people's lives. And they also do like a family support program that's just actually being funded by the big lottery. And it's really, really lovely heart centered work. And I think the thing that we're so passionate about in it is having grown up in a system where it's very hard to get young people's voices heard. Um, it's incredible to be part of an organization that consistently listens and actually does like I feel like there's so much in the media these days about reach out speak about how you're feeling but if that's what is that met with so I think I love that light work it actually is doing the work it is finding what young people are struggling with and it's matching them with okay how can we help so yeah that's our work with them we're both board members and we hope that candles for consent can grow and fund this vital consent education we obviously hope that the education authority will take over funding and rolled out in schools but hopefully with our partnership with Lightwork and I, we can continue to do groups in the junction. We can also, another thing is like 
some schools um you know we were talking about like socioeconomic backgrounds some schools can just pay for like the mental health program themselves from like pta groups and fundraising and that just isn't an opportunity for a lot of schools so i think the basis of candles for consent of paying for a beautifully ethical product to fund vital education for people who can't access it is a model that will hopefully use far beyond and the initial consent education in schools like just watch this space with us because I think the partnership with us and Lightwork is hopefully going to be something really special for young people and families and just people across Northern Ireland. No that is amazing Lightwork just sounds like an incredible organization and we were sort of talking a little bit earlier about how it's about giving young people the space um, to ask questions and to speak out about how they feel. I mean, I'm sure, um, you know, even I can speak from experience about feeling uncomfortable even asking questions about, you know, consent and issues that seem more taboo and controversial. But having a space where young people feel safe to go and open up about how they feel, that is absolutely brilliant. And I'm so excited to see the future of, you know, Candles for Consent and Lightwork just grow. I mean, these two organizations are just going to nurture each other into the best possible future so that's just really exciting and I'll be linking um anything down below in the description for people to just go and check out um about more about what they do and what you guys are going to do with them so that's just incredible um but my last question which I always ask and I just love to get a little bit of practical advice on what the listeners can go and do from this episode I don't want people to just listen I want people to actually you know go and act on what they've heard so could you give um, us some advice or we can help break the stigma around this issue and also educate ourselves and those around us on consent in all forms yeah so I think the first thing is just taking a step back and thinking what do you think consent means and you know when we were looking through some of the definitions or not you know you never you kind of know what it means but what does it actually mean to you and then doing your research being informed is obviously in every topic that you want to talk about is one of the best things that you can do so I think Catherine mentioned um comprehensive consent that's um a woman on Instagram she's fantastic has loads of really helpful resources and we're going to be posting on our Instagram like loads of like practical tips and help um over the next few months as well and so definitely getting informed and another thing you can do is positive conversations about boundaries how to create them and uphold them but when I say boundaries boundaries are something you create for yourself and consent is an open discussion you know between two people so just bearing that in mind but having positive conversations about with your friends about what you're happy to do what you're not happy to do and with partners in all relationships as well and just having that as an open communication but taking some time to think to yourself as well because like I said before you don't always know what you want until you actually sit down and think about it um, I think supporting other people's boundaries when it comes to consent as well. So just really being aware. One of the things that, you know, came up for us when we talked about it is when we thought back in the past where maybe we'd, you know, cross lines of consent with other people. Um, and, you know, it's not something that is nice to talk about. You think back and you think maybe I shouldn't have, you know, done that or whatnot but we are all learning and you know none of us have received this education so just taking it easy on yourself and thinking okay maybe in that scenario I didn't act as much you know as well as I should but now I know better so now I know that going forward um you know I can do better and being aware of what you've done before is you know the biggest thing you can do to learning and improving going forward um I said before but just bearing in mind it's different for everyone like with you know 
everything in life, people's favorite foods, the way people drive, everything that people do is different and unique to them. So not having the same expectations of others that you have of yourself. Um, and then just practicing, practice, practice, practice. And I think one of the things when you think about consent, you think, how do I practice this in the day-to-day -day life? Well, it can be little things like um, a great example we use is forcing little kids to, you know, give their grandpa or their uncle a hug. You know, if you have kids and just making sure that you're understanding, you know, asking little children, do they want to do simple things like that for yourself? I'm not a big hug person. I don't really like giving hugs. And for years, you know, I'd always give people hugs just because it was the polite thing to do. So even starting something like that and just really, really small in daily life saying, actually, I don't really want to do that. And just practice with yourself, practice with other people and reflect, reflect on how you know how it's worked how you're feeling and you know practice makes perfect in theory <laughs> <laughs> no I love all of that and it's like keeping yourself accountable for your actions um and other people accountable but as well like being not being too hard on yourself because we're all in the same boat you know none of us have received this proper education so everyone's gone into different situations with you know not knowing maybe that the, what they've done is wrong or what they should do but then you know learning from that and actually sort of taking that into the practice it's like oh I know maybe I shouldn't have done this or I know that wasn't right but now I'm actually going to take this what I've learned and practice it I'm gonna you know make my own boundaries I'm gonna treat people in the way that they should be treated and if anyone listening you know wants to speak up and to lobby for um they're honestly their rights and their their right to learn about this then you know be brave and to just go for it I mean it's something that you have a right to learn and you deserve to learn so not to just be shy but to just speak up about that because that's amazing but thank you guys so so much for being on the podcast today this has been such just a, such a nurturing conversation I'm so glad that you guys are here today um, this is a topic that just needs to be talked about so much more and I'm glad that Solis can sort of harbour that for you guys so just thank you so much and to anyone who is listening um, please check out the links in the description check out candles for consent maybe go and purchase a candle oh I should ask do you have um, anywhere that you're going to be selling your candles or where people can go to um, buy them yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> so we're our website is which is like www.candlesforconsent.org is where you can always purchase from it's linked on our instagram as well but we're definitely checking out some markets as well we're at ard's shopping center has a friday artisan market 10 till 4 um and we're kind of there some fridays some fridays not but we'll always post on our instagram when we're there we're at every market fresh um market and banger, banger. Um, in the run up to Christmas and then yeah so they're the ones we have booked in at the minute but we don't do them every week so usually the best place to find it is we'll always post it on our Instagram and try to get out to them as much as possible and then there's our website too. That's brilliant. Oh I was just going to say um, we have an exciting Christmas candle coming at some point and um, very yeah. shortly so we're very excited about that as well. It'll be a big Stay tuned for the Christmas candle because I love Christmas scented candles don't even get me started but we should probably end before I just go on to a rant about Christmas candles but no just thank you guys so much this has been an amazing conversation and to anyone who's listening thank you for listening and I will see you all next time. Bye!